Okay, yeah, go ahead and record. I like a little soft intro. Hi! Almost Modern Live, a podcast so butch, so masked. Are we surprised? No, but do we expect it? Yes. yes. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. What? Like, maybe not. No. <laughs> was that as good for you as it was for me? Yeah, no. You know, I am feeling so glowy today. Wow. I didn't think this was a look for me, but like, cause I also never really understood why people wanted to shine, but uh-huh. like, you know, I get highlighter now. Yeah. Well, I understand it. You know, zoom touch up and a ring light. And, yeah. You know, I mean like, but look how like, Oh, you know, I am. Yeah. I am. We usually record at night, but no, that is true. But right now we're recording in the damn middle of the day. It is the middle of the day because we had very special guests. We did have very special. We had very guests. special return guests. We'll be hearing an interview that we recorded not 30 minutes ago. But like just now. But yeah. So like time, it's a construct. Yeah. And because, we can fuck with it. Because you're hearing this now. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. See, and then he gets calls and then like, what's happening? Oh. And anyway. Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Andy. And this is Homo's, Homo's Modern, Modern Life, Life, a podcast where we bring you the gay stuff that you need. I believe I can fly. Yeah. Um, we uh we got to talk to our, like I said, very first ever return guest, Johnny and Steven, even though I mess up his name when we start. So again, I'm wow. sorry, Steven. I can't read and talk at the same time. Yeah. Um, because I read what is in front of me. Um <laughs> I'm an actress. I'm an I actor. Read. What is it? Uh, Kristen Wick. That's no. I read what's on the page. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, what's been new with you? How was Halloween? Oh gosh. Halloween um, felt long this year because mm-hmm. block party was, you know, last last weekend. I will say then... it felt long and short at the same time. It felt compressed because mm. I don't feel like it was Halloween for me at all until Friday before block. Well, I would say block party. Yeah. Then it was Halloween. And then I feel like it's just been like. Well, it felt like. Block party happened, and then midweek this past week, it was like I kept seeing Halloween things pop up or like streaming services putting up Halloween stuff, and I'm like, Halloween already happened. And I'm like, no, wait, it hasn't. It just happened for us. Mm-hmm. And then there was still like more Halloween. Yeah, we got to do my favorite thing and wear two different costumes this year. Yeah, I I like the my number second of costume. different costumes I've seen the gays in on social media. Like everybody seems to have had at least two costumes this year. I think yeah. everybody's making up for lost time. Yeah, I feel like, well, they probably had one and nothing happened or they were like, well, I want to do Squid Game, but also something else. Yeah. Which like. But I think the prolongedness of Halloween is what prompted me to wake up this morning and set up my Christmas tree. Oh, really? Yeah. It's still Dia de los Muertos. Well, Mariah Carey posted a TikTok saying that it's Christmas. <sighs> She's there were there were three pumpkins. I don't know if you saw it. I know they said it's not time, and she smashed the one that said not, and it's time. It's time. I mean, I just I really do love Thanksgiving and like the kind of like not spooky, but like everything else about fall and Halloween that we get out of it before jumping into like 
Christmas, which is like, even though it's probably not, well, it could snow, but doesn't really snow. It that's where, that's why I'm like, I need November because September here, guys, September here, guys, that's summer. Pretty, pretty, pretty still hot. Yeah. So we get like mid October, some of November, and then it's winter. Yeah. So like, let me have what I can get. Yeah. I just try so hard. Thanksgiving to me is just such like a not, I don't know, not important holiday because in my family, it was always the same meal on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So like, oh, weird. It was really just Christmas without the presents. Oh. And then you're going to do it again a month later. No, I definitely feel like we split up like turkey, Thanksgiving, ham, Christmas, Mm. typically. We had both, at both. Picky people. Wow. You know? For you what, know. four people, five it, well, people? Well, it also used to be like a big family thing oh. with my mom's whole side of the family. Mm-hmm. And then like over the years, it just kind of dwindled down to now it's just an immediate family thing because everyone yeah. has their own families. I mean, it is uh, with as much. holidays. But also same. I feel like people are just so ready to skip it because like we were not so limited in seeing, I mean, COVID, but limited in seeing people the way that we used to be. Like the amount of people that FaceTime each other yeah, and the rate that that is so high Especially because I'm not that person. Yeah. Like, I think maybe when I'm, like, seeing somebody and, like, I know, like, if I'm used to, like, seeing them every day, like, in person, then maybe I'll FaceTime them at night. Yeah. But I'm not. It's weird to me. I should call people more. It's so much quicker to get the things that I need out of them, too. It's like, we have things to discuss. It's always like, I get on the phone with somebody and then I spend three hours on the phone with them. Or that. But I also like, I yeah, I should call people more. I should call people more. Go call someone. Call a call a friend. And call us. Call a family member. But only on nights and weekends because my phone is free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god! Remember when cell phones had like remember that plans with minutes and stuff? Yeah. Now it's I'm like sure some of them still do. I yeah. mean data. Us. Data. Huh. Unlimited calls and texting is standard now. And I still won't call people. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the time that my parents like kind of gave me the side eye for using so much data. Boy, so much data more, on? so much more data than like anybody else in my family. It was like, I don't know, when I was in Memphis, probably. Oh, I was in the hotel and dying. Yeah. Um, but I was like, guys, it's an unlimited plan. Why why well, do we cap, why do we care how much they cap you? They don't tell you, but they cap you and slow you down. Yeah. Cause I've had it happen once or twice with because I'm on my my sister's plan, although I'm going to get my own here shortly, like a real adult. Wow. <gasps> I know the moves that I'm making in life. Mm. I'm still on insignificant, the plan, but I kind of manage it. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Switch them all over. To what? You know, the thing that keeps advertising to us that I'm not going to advertise on here because oh. if they don't pay my bills, I pay them no mind, except when they give me good deals. Yeah, I would love for somebody to sponsor my Internet service. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you are an Internet service provider and you would like to provide us Internet services. Now, follow, follow, see if you can follow me here. Our guests today are creators of an HBO show. Mm-hmm. HBO is owned by... Time Warner Cable and AT and T, right? I don't know. Probably, I, I, I believe. I don't know some corporate common structure. ownership there. Yeah, and so maybe maybe there's a you know HBO to AT and T internet service provider discount you know I pipeline. Mean, 
hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we won't say We're not no. Working with connections, you know. Mm-hmm. Oi. When what else is new yeah what's what's up with you well we're definitely starting our prep for the queer to queer film festival yes um we will be doing some things some things yep um more details in the next episode on films but if you maybe heard about the queer to queer film queer to queer film festival Mm -hmm. last season i won't say last year because it was in uh you know this year it was a couple months it was a few months ago when was it february march april hard to say uh <laughs> time time is a construct again yeah uh but you know if you heard about it last time and you thought well that sounds fun that sounds fun but i can't make it all the way over to fort worth yeah on this well guess night. what guess what it here it will be here in dallas in dallas because i don't know why fort worth is far to you people yeah or you don't live in DFW and this is irrelevant to you. But I do believe, Colin, correct me if I'm wrong, you can attend it somewhat virtually as well. We'll see what he says. He says, he says yes. yes. Oh my gosh, so, he says yes. You know, if you like being queer and watching queer movies yes. and going to events. Yep. Films. Films. Mm. Art. Art. Culture. Yes. Science? Well, hmm. Hmm. Um, oh, he says that they will be available for a full week after the oh, actual event wow. on November 20th. So, so start hmm. streaming November 20th and yep. just fill your entire week. Yep. So, or if you want to come see us because we're hosting. Yeah, please come. We're going to get up there. They're going to give me a microphone again, which is always a good idea. Or a risk, depending mm-hmm. on your perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. <laughs> I've been teaching spin now. I'm up there on the uh-huh. bike telling people what's what. What if you hosted the entire film festival as a spin instructor? As if I do you have were a instructing a spin class. I do have a bike in my house now. Yeah. I could bring it. Colin, are you into that? Can you roll me out <laughs> on the spin bike? And I'll yeah. just do like Ariana Grande side to side. Yeah. As I talk about the the films that are about to. I think to that would be here. great. Yeah. What a gimmick. Yeah. Oh my God. We're going to be like, what's the, what's the, what's the, uh, Rashida and Amy? Rashida and. Who, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? No. Oh, Kristen Wiig and Rashida when they were like, we're acting. Oh, yes. That's going to be us. Great. I love, I love it. That. Um, other than that, uh, uh, we saw Psycho yesterday we again, did. which like, a uh, man, you know, it is. Even the the thing is, like, I feel like, yes, I go to theaters and watch these new films and, like, whatever. But I feel like going... Because, like, I would turn on Psycho and I would, like, flip through my phone because I'm like, I've seen this a million times. You know what I mean? Uh Like, going in there and truly be, like, undistracted. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, man. Like, the acting in here is, like, legitimate. Yeah. And Norma Bates is kind of hot. Yeah. And nobody talks about how hot her boyfriend is oh so hot i for like i don't know how that was wasted on me Sam. as a young youth yeah oh my god mm. he could get it and he, he can get starts it. the whole movie shirtless and you're yeah. like destroy me <laughs> you were very passionate yeah oh um but anthony perkins did not age well so <laughs> He didn't. Um, oh, oh psych- Colin says we should see the Psycho sequel. I don't know about we were that. We're talking Colin. about this. I don't know about that. What? I don't know. Delightfully camp, I'm sure, mm-hmm. as was the first. 
Yeah. Cause like, let's be honest, that there were some some things where everybody there's the, four. Everybody in the theater laughed, but like Yeah, you know, that's the other thing I learned. I was really enlightened to the comedy that well, is in Psycho that I never really so cheesy. That I yeah, I mean like I, she walks over to the like when um the sister, uh-huh. not not Marie or what, what was her sister's name? I forget. Marion is the main one. I think it's like Anna or something. I don't know. Uh, but she goes up into the mother's bedroom and she's like poking around and she turns to the bed and there's just this grand canyon indent in the bed where the mother has sleeps. just been sleeping this whole time. <laughs> You're like, what? There would never be. I mean, such I get, I get the idea of like a, a a divot, you know. Right. But like this you, was like they were like, well, she can tell that the bed's been slept in. How do we, you know, telegraph yeah. that can the bed has been slept in? Can you just cut out a body of like, that? Also, the fact that the knife is never bloody. The, the the violence is not, you know, it's I mean, not particularly violent. It's PG thirteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then oh. the, at the end, the big reveal, everybody laughed. And oh, my like, God. Well, because I mean, it is I kind mean, of ridiculous. When, yeah. yeah. When Norman runs into the room with the, the knife. I mean, not, I don't think anyone and... in that theater was seeing it for the first time. No. So like we all knew it was coming. We've just never really sat back and like really taken it all in. really enjoyed it. You know, because <laughs> uh, like, it is such bad drag. It is. And he's manic. Yeah. His face is just like twisted yeah, the whole time broke mm. amazing like what a, me what a good what a good movie yeah what a fun movie what a fun time yeah absolutely and you totally forget you know i mean like me i you know when you don't see it for a while you're like okay so i know this girl gets murdered and then what happens for the yeah rest of the yeah movie? again i told you this i black <laughs> out that whole second half of the movie up until like she discovers like uh mrs bates yeah so I like it's not, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I think it's just because like that's the, the beginning is always what's parodied. No one ever parodies the, yeah. the end, maybe what was as funny well. funny is what I learned from the stranger sitting next to me, mm-hmm. which that was weird, sitting in a theater and being seated directly next to somebody. That hasn't but we happened moved in a while. Down one. We did. But he did he was talking to his, you know, significant other or whatever, and he was saying that not much happens in the first 30 minutes of the movie. Because at the time, people didn't show up to the movies right on time. They kind of that's why the slow kind of trickled in over the first thirty minutes. Yeah, so it's like that's. I feel like it picks up whenever she's asleep in the car, and that's really what was intended. Yeah, they're like make it so that anybody walking in thirty minutes late could you know pick it up and know what's going on. But man, (laughs) well, you know. Why not? Well, but Colin says for the early showings of Psycho, they restricted all late attendees. Oh, Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what maybe that's what he was talking about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He also didn't like people talking about the reveal at the end, too. It was the first thing that I I haven't really seen it again since like the whole Thanos thing. I remember I didn't go see that. Maybe I saw it in theaters. I don't remember. But I remember going around the time when when Endgame was out mm-hmm. and like there were just signs posted everywhere. They were like, don't do talk not talk about on it your here. way out of the theater. <laughs> Go home. Talk there. Don't post anything. Let people experience it. Yeah. Um, especially because I'm sure people were just walking out of that theater bawling. 
because not spider-man yeah no he's back though yeah he's fine yeah Tom he's Holland, fine everyone he could also get it yeah, well. well speaking of getting it we're gonna take a quick break but stick around because when we return we're joined again with our very special guests Yay. johnny and steven which i say right now because i won't say it in three won't seconds say it correct coming up yep sorry <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We are joined with today's very special guest, our first ever return guest to the podcast, which we are so excited uh, to have, especially for this fabulous show. Please welcome back Johnny and Warren. Yay. Well, Johnny, Steven. Ingram, and There's, Steve Warren. Steven, his, you know, th- this is where Zoom display names really yeah. mess with us. I can't <laughs> read and switch things in my in my head, but <laughs> I apologize. Well, welcome back, you guys. We have watched the first couple of episodes here. Um, I thought, honestly, that the ability like the fact that you were able to like go back to the place where you had to end because i still remember that ending i think we talked about it last time and i was like wait no like they're gonna like something's gonna happen too especially in spartanburg so i'd love to um ask you guys too how was it being able to go back um to a place and kind of see even at the small time that you were there i do feel like there was already such a big impact and then to come back and continue Mm -hmm. that story yeah, I mean, for I, I, to be, I mean, this particular Spartanburg is really close to where I grew up um, and Eureka. We're, we're actually from very close. We were from uh, in eastern Tennessee, sort of uh, about an hour from each other. We grew up so and both in two separate small towns. Um, and I know, noticed that, you know, Eureka's drag family came in this particular episode. So that was like a really nice, um, really nice moment. But, you know, we were planning on in the first season, um, we, we were actually this wasn't supposed to, wasn't supposed to end at six episodes. So it was an abrupt ending, uh, unexpected. So for us, it was very emotional to, uh, to end. This is our first, you know, first production of a show that we care so deeply about. And then everyone sort of poured their hearts and and, and and their talents into this episode. And then to just up and leave was really emotional. I actually had to break the news to everyone. I, I, I remember just bawling in front of, you know, 60 people. Uh, we're criers here. So you <laughs> noticed in some of the episodes that we, you know, we love a good cry. But uh, it was very emotional. And I knew, we knew um, that we had to come back. Um, and so thankfully HBO renewed us for a second season and that was the first, you know, the first thing that came to mind was we have to go back to, um, Spartanburg, South Carolina to pick up, uh, where we left off. And, you know, as if you watch the episode, you'll notice that some were very happy that we came back and others, you know, were a little nervous <laughs> Yeah, we're hoping that we didn't come back. But uh, I think in the end, you know, it was quite a joyous um, experience to return to the place, you know, where we had, we sort of experienced this COVID trauma, you know, shutdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So it was really important and it was really interesting from a storytelling perspective to, you know, as, as you'll notice in that first episode, we have, a, you know, some time shifts back and forth. Um, and we have, haven't really done that before in any of our episodes. So it yeah. gave us a little bit of, a unique perspective on how, you know, things had changed um, pre and post COVID. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like going back to the, the lost footage from yeah. the original go around. And then I, it was really cool to see how everybody changed in the intervening time and like through COVID and everything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah especially Noah I think like just yeah. the like that I think is probably the most powerful thing obviously not that this show is powerful but the fact that you were there for what like three days and changed this kid's life so I think it's you know just speaks to what you can do when you can actually fulfill what you went there to do one, one, well, of, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes is um, the time jump from 2020 to 2021 where Noah is talking about you know the fact that he doesn't like his body that he doesn't like his thick uh thought uh, uh I, yeah, and that yeah. then you know and and I love Eureka's response to it but then you know we switch time and that you see him walking down and the first thing you see are his calves walking down that street <laughs> mm -hmm. you know in full view and it just felt like like a breath of fresh air, like, you know, something had happened and, you know, in something opened. Well, yeah, I literally have chills right now, like thinking about because I love seeing people like fulfill their like truth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, Eureka being non-binary and sort of seeing, you know, someone know at the time struggle, um, you know, in his body and then sort of coming around um, and finding themselves as a non-binary person is is unique to see that evolution because some you know as people sort of start to understand you know how do we incorporate our pronouns and how do we you know evolve from becoming one pronoun to another to see that actually happen um, albeit with you know a bit of a time gap but it sort of was that 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 side by side was really important. Um, I think for someone who may not understand it as much to sort of see, wow, that, you know, that really was important for Noah to find themselves um, in, in, in life and, and look how much happier they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the same thing sort of happens with um, Joey in Del Rio, mm -hmm. who, you know, is a more gender fluid but still, I think still male identifying person at the beginning of the episode. And then by the end cap of the episode, you know, Joey has come out as trans and is transitioning post y'all being there. Joey is now Estella. And Estella. Oh, Estella. Yes. That's so a great Estella, name. Yeah. Um, I love that. Oh, she, they are, she is so happy. She is so oh. happy. And, one of the things that was, I think, most gratifying to Johnny and myself was she called us the night the episode aired in tears, sobbing, you know, because she is, she, first of all, she'd already seen the episode because we had a premiere in Los Angeles um, outside at Sony Studios, which was one of the most fun premieres ever, you know, yeah. millions of drag queens and, you know, HBO really did it wonderfully, but, you know, Estella was there and you know, the center of attention. And so it was wonderful. It was so fun to watch Estella watch herself on the screen, watching Bruno watch himself and watching SAL. It's, it was like the greatest gift to Johnny and myself. But the, the fact that her parents are so grateful for how they were portrayed, for what has happened in Estella's life, that, you know, we got messages directly from the parents telling us, 
you know, how grateful they were to us and to the production to allow their family to experience that new closeness. And, yeah. and it's yeah. not, you know, it's not everyone's coming out story um, reflected in this episode, but you have two very different coming out stories. You have Isael, who was coming out as a, a gay man to his family, and Joey, who struggling to come out as non-binary uh, on the episode. And then, you know, we, we have a follow-up um, uh, on Joey's transition to uh, becoming um, a woman. And, but you see the challenges the trans community faces right next to, you know, what we, I think, are hopefully on the forefront of it's sort of, you know, how to, for a gay person to come out, so maybe a little, uh, people are starting to understand that a little bit more, but the trans and understanding the trans coming out story is you could see the parents really struggle, not only with the language of it all, but also just the concept of it all. And, and it was a very much a loss in, you know, sort of somewhat lost in translation, but I think you can see that it just takes time. You just really have to yeah. really, um, take the time that you need, not only to become the person that you are, but also to bring those and do the work to bring those you love, uh, around you on board as well. I think that's yeah. where us as a, as, as gay men and as a queer community, we also need to stand up for our, 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 our trans folks so that we can, right. um, you know, help bring people, uh, to understand it better. Yeah. Yeah. And that story was one of those where it really like crystallized for me, like how good Eureka is with people. Yeah, that oh they were God. able to go into that like little family barbecue dinner yeah. and just talk to the parents, talk to the grandparent, like the grandfather and like just be so personable and and bring everybody together in a way that like, mm -hmm. you know, our differences don't divide us. They just wanted to explore them and, you know, get to know everybody's perspective. And yeah, I just think I Eureka agree. I think so that was one of Eureka's best scenes in the entire season of yeah. just it just shows her remarkable um, ability to connect and, and it's important too i think we all feel sort of we don't often have that ally or someone sitting next to us within our families you're sort of all you're always the the the, the one you know you're outnumbered and it's really nice yeah. to have that sort of representation but also uh, you know drag mother in this case to to stand by your side so that you have you know someone that understands you that can speak alongside of you with your family i mean it's, it's yeah we could use more of yeah i mean it's literally just showing how important you know community is and being able to be there to help people like even even if you are someone that just comes in and out of somebody's <clears throat> life very quickly you can have huge impacts on that um, and I also think that you, especially with the storytelling and, and the way that conversations are had, I think, you know, in a lot of these circumstances, especially in the culture that we live in, you know, there's always this like push to like villainize somebody who doesn't understand. And what I think you guys do a really good job of is show the show that we're working on understanding each other and working together mm -hmm. um, and what that journey looks like as well um for a lot of these people um even like estella's parents or um um oh my god somebody last season i can't remember their name it was kind of the same thing but um being able to have those conversations and i think having that person there is kind of that rock during it it was also michelle in the first in temecula when michelle talks about um 
you know, when her son came out to her and was literally writhing on the floor Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in pain and agony, couldn't say, you know, she thought, oh my God, did you murder somebody? Is it drugs? What is it? You know, and then she finally says, you know, are you gay? And that it still took her from that moment, which was years in the past, it still took a long time for her to understand, wow, my son was writhing in pain. Things aren't so great, you know? Yeah that it's easy if you're not like the same thing happened with, you know, her kid with that happened with Estella and her parents that yeah. there's opportunities to talk that have been facilitated by us filming that have allowed, mm-hmm. you know, I think real love to grow. And you see yeah. the themes of all the parents. I mean, Michelle, um, you know, um, and Joey, J- Joey's uh, now Estella's parents really all talk about, all they want is their kids to be happy, you know, mm-hmm. and on the flip side, you have, you know, the, the, these kids that are just so worried that their families aren't going to love them for being themselves. So it's just, just we, you know, we really just need to I think to align and talk more often because it just, it just, it just takes time. And I think yeah. that sometimes uh, we, we, we want things right now <laughs> and, and yes. that we're not there yet. And I think we just have to be, we wanted to, to, to get, sit down, get off our phones, stop yelling at each other and, um, and talk it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you really did feel that. I think the tension with Michelle of knowing that she wanted to be there for her son, but then, you know, you do see the moments where she's like a little bit resistant yeah. to the process uh you know yeah because <laughs> like well will you get in drag will you at least wear a wig like yeah you know she didn't want of... to say the word drag it was yeah, yeah. And, and you know even in her conversation with eureka even though she apologizes she's like i don't want to lose my son to the lgbt community it's like yeah i was like okay all right <laughs> one of the things that's so beautiful that we've noticed from last season and into this season and that you you haven't met a whole bunch of the people yet because we only aired three of the episodes, but there are so many of the people that are so shy that have been our drag kids over the course of the seasons. And now they are out there performing drag. They are so excited about being seen. It's, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We got something last night from someone from a later episode where this she is really shy and now it is whoa she is out there <laughs> well, there's it, it's interesting in these small communities there's nothing to do like nothing there's not a lot yeah, del of rio del rio you can sit <laughs> a little door. gay bar taco yeah, shop where they yeah they declare the, the soda shop or whatever it is uh yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean why not I mean, if start a drag show, a, a, a drag brunch, something that it brings yeah. people together. There, you clearly, you know, when we come to town, the people come from all everywhere to see this performance. You know, that's 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 that can happen again and again and again. And I think that is part of building, you know, a, a LGBT community, whether it's at the Agua Frescas. Um, local Agua Fresca stand or, you know, it's uh, at a restaurant or something or organizing it. And I think that visibility, even if it's, you know, it's it's you know, every Sunday, it's like church. We get to go and yeah. have, um, have a bit of a moment to gather and, and hang out and, and, and see about how we can make a difference. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, like, now that they've gone through and, like, been the drag kids, because I think we were just talking about this maybe an episode or two ago, it's like, 
becoming a drag queen and putting it on all on, I think gives you a really um, almost like an open playing field to try things out that you would normally be afraid to do. Right. Um, Because you're kind of in this mask, but it's still you. Right. And then I think eventually that seeps back into your normal life because you realize like, oh, I can do this here. And everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Like, great job. And then so you just bring it with you. And I think that's a lot of, you know, why we see, especially like, I feel like a lot of people that do drag are shy to begin with um, and are able to just, you know, evolve. That's beautifully Um, said. I really think that's, I've you know, we are so immersed in all of this but i i love the way you said that i think it's very very true because a lot of people ask us why is it so liberating for people like why are people doing this and then it's i think what you just said is a perfect distillation of what can happen well feel that freedom and that it does carry on to so many other parts of your life especially in a community where you haven't been able to feel free for most of your life you know and that having that you know being able to express yourself and your you know your your you know, this umpteenth like queer, you know, sort of uh, garments and, and and light is very powerful. I mean, even on a smaller stage, you know, it's, it's powerful as it moves the needle within yourself. Like this is a side of me that I have never really expressed before. And now yeah. I'm able to do that. And now I've, you know, I feel like I am, am, am a better person for it. And it's just like you take that, yeah, you take that sort of more feminine expression of yourself and with you. And, and that is, yeah. you know, it's something that we all have within us. Yeah. I mean, I think even like, uh, like all in, which call me crazy. All in was not in the very tail end of the last season. Right. Cause, or maybe I just uh, missed he it. Was, Owen was, he was briefly. There was just like a okay. quick intro with Shanto. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very yeah. And then, I think, uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say Olin, which is which you don't see on, on on in the episode, probably cried for a good twenty minutes on stage, like really released some what wow. felt like just a maybe maybe it's his personal masculine armor that he puts on to be that father figure and you know in his family, but you know really in putting in doing drag was able to just cry and release all of this you know. Um, a, a, whatever masculine armor he had, he, he was able to release it. I think he, re, he yeah. really, he cried. I don't think it was probably about 20 minutes, right? But Stephen, it was really powerful to watch. You can tell he was He really did not powerful. want to get off that stage. <laughs> One of the fun things that we've seen is particular, like people, most of the drag kids over the course of these seasons, you can start off a performance, they'll start off a performance a little meek, and we know we have to do two run-throughs of them all, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, for the cameras and stuff. But man, by the end, the second half of that second performance, they do not want to get off. It's like <laughs> yeah. they realize this is the moment. The cameras are on. I am dressed so beautifully, and that you know, you just see like Olin, you know, when he he started putting moves into his number that were not choreographed, you know, like shaking <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. He just loved it so much. Feeling yeah. the fantasy. <laughs> Yeah. And from the person that episode who was most resistant or like most worried about doing it at all to then by the end of the performance, him saying, you're going to see me again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was, it was great to see that. They're they're a very, very sweet family. I mean, we're so lucky. These people that we've met, you know, across the board everywhere, it's, it's Mm -hmm. like, they've touched us in so many different ways. They've given us so much and they've given the audience, I think so much more than they could have ever imagined. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, y'all really do find some excellent stories and it like representing not just the queer perspective and all of the diversity in that community, but also other communities like last year with indigenous peoples. And we see James in season two, who's neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who just... is a little scene stealer, but he oh, is yeah. so fun. I, that, I think James <laughs> is probably my favorite I do too. of yeah. the season so far. Yeah. He's phenomenal. He's wonderful. We're telling a lot of, yeah, and sort of intersectional stories where it's not, you know, your queerness, you know, and, and layered on with other, um, whether it, your queerness and, you know, your, your, your blackness, your queerness and, and your battle for land protection, which you'll see in a, a later episode this season in Hawaii. Um, you, 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 and, and you have, um, a lot of these layered stories is not just, you know, we're not just always battling one thing. You really need to dig into um, people's and get to know people to really understand, you know, that we're all going through the same things. It's just very <laughs> layered and, and, and challenging in, in these micro sort of homophobic things in, in, in our society and systemic homophobia that we are all battling. Um, you, you, a lot of people don't see it unless we, you know, we show it. And I think a lot of this, what this, what these episodes do, whether or not you're in a big city or a small, a small town, you can relate to whether it's in your job or feeling secure and, you know, in, 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 in your neighborhood or whatever it is, you're always battling someone's judgment or someone mm-hmm. or a, something like, you, you know, gay men can't donate blood even to this day. Um, you know, if, if, if there's even a sort of a mass shooting and they're calling for blood donors, you know, you can go and as a gay man, you're turned away. So it's like, these are things that we all need to go after and, and get, and and sort of eliminate all of this, all homophobia and transphobia in this country. The show sort of highlights through these small town stories. Yeah. It's like, look how much fun we can have if we just kind of, you know, you know, we love can, each other yeah. you know <laughs> wait till you see uh, the season finale yeah. oh my goodness what you're just basically saying is encapsulates the whole season finale and there's one person in particular that you know i would love you to contact us after you watch that episode you'll know what i'm talking of course about. that is going to be um i mean you've never seen anyone like this person in your life they are oh so God. special well, speaking of, what can you tell us? I know Selma's tonight uh, as of when we're recording this episode versus when it comes out, but probably out by the time you're listening. But what can you tell us about, you know, what's coming up in this season? Well, we have coming up after Selma, we have Indiana, Evansville, Indiana, and it's phenomenal stories. There's we were there during the Fourth of July, so it's um, you, you know it, it's every you know it was a, a very splashy uh, show. We're very proud of, of that show. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting parts have, and it's not, it's not spoiling anything to say we have um, uh, a Muslim Tunisian man that is the story is just heartbreaking, but then wow. his change and his ability to perform in drag it's 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 wonderful and then we've got south dakota which is a very difficult place um you know to film to begin with where we did meet with some Mm. real resistance that you'll see in the episode and then hawaii which was you know a wonderful place to go 
but you'll also see how the like Johnny was talking about the intersectionality of different issues of you know land mm -hmm. protection and cultural identity. Um, it's beautiful, and then the season finale is something that I think is going to make it an enormous mark that I don't want to say too much about, but it's it's very special. I love yeah, it. I'm excited. I yeah, because I've never really thought about how you know queerness fits into the Hawaiian cultural identity yeah. or you will and sometimes people don't We're even awful. think about <laughs> yeah. people don't We're think awful. that there are people in these like small communities there because they just think like beaches and you know yeah. that's where you go to get married. Yeah, that there's a, yeah, they or engaged. They, they, I mean, we, we are often erased, you, you know, from conversations, especially when it comes to history, you know, I mean, we'll see even with Selma tonight, it's like the, you know, um, you know, the, the, the civil rights movement and, and voting rights, you know, that, that, you know, who was marching on Bloody Sunday, you know, we don't think about, oh, well, there were queer people there marching mm -hmm. um, um, on, on, on that bridge uh, with Martin Luther King junior um so it's you know it's a really powerful episode tonight um or whenever you're watching it um when this airs this will... uh colin said this will be out tomorrow morning so okay, if you correct. haven't watched it already yes yes or wednesday <laughs> morning wednesday morning yes my goodness. um so but it is uh but it is quite powerful to you know to to, to, to rewrite our history with, with, you know, through the lens of your queerness. Cause we, you know, yeah. we're everywhere. We're here. We're, we're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anyone like queer and women, I feel like we're removed most from the history books all the way through. So being able to bring that to the forefront, cause it still happened. It was still there. So, you know, get into it, <laughs> but yeah, well guys, we are so appreciative for you coming back. We are super fans. If you can't tell, um, you know, especially we talked to Bob not too long ago, which That's was great. so much fun. Like, I can't wait to see more of what the show and what the season brings. Um, and and I'm all our Dallas Chris fans, get all our Dallas fans out there, like uh, coming together and watching together. Oh my God, we yeah. should do the finale. Yeah. Oh my God. Do the, finale, do the finale, have it someplace. It's, it's, and see how many people will uh, be able to withhold their tears. <laughs> well, yeah. you said, you said earlier that y'all are crying people. I'm like, well, that's good because this is a crying show. Yeah. This is a show that you watch to cry. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I think it's just like the past year really put me in an emotional spot. So it's becoming. <laughs> Quite a I love Colin. Did you see Colin's message there? <laughs> yeah. Everyone who he cries said, has to take a shot. That's a good one. Oh my God. Turning we're here into yeah. a drinking game. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh my God, guys. Well, Johnny, Steven, again, thank you so much. You're guys, welcome. make thank sure you for to, us. of course, yeah. literally yeah. anytime, anytime. <laughs> Every season, we're going to have you up, back. Yeah. You're going to just be right. the ones that come out, especially because we have our fingers crossed for season three. Absolutely. If HBO is listening. You know what I feel like? It's like, cross, like crossed. so for your <laughs> podcast, we're like the, uh, you know, like I'm an entertainment lawyer for m most of my life here. And that one of my clients is Drew Barrymore. And when she's she's mm. been on Saturday Night Live as a host like five times, and they said, "Oh yeah, the five time club." Well, yeah. we're in the two time club. On yeah, Saturday yeah. Oh my God, we're gonna send you enamel pins. Yeah, we'll get oh. you enamel pins every yes. time. 
yeah, an elite club. Yeah, a very elite exclusive club. Well, awesome. thank you again. All right. Well, yeah, make sure to guys. make sure to check out. We're here on HBO Max for the time being. We will see fare thee well. Say fare thee well, and we'll see you next time. This has been a Homo's Modern Life production. Thanks for listening. If you want more, check out our sister show, HML Political Hookup, at HML Political Hookup on Instagram. If you want to see what we're up to, you can visit our website, homosmodernlife.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can reach out to us at homosmodernlife at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can cover your body with our merch at HML Shop on Instagram. If you're feeling generous, you can send us a cash tip on Venmo at Homo's Modern Life. Or send us a cash tip on Cash App, dollar sign Homo's Modern Life. Fare thee well. <laughs>